0: Luke chapter 17, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God, except this foreigner. And Jesus said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Well, the grass withers, the flowers fail, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Lord, We thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet, a light for our path, inerrant, infallible, authoritative, and true. We pray now, Father, that you would be the teacher and preacher. Speak through your servant unto your servants. Open our eyes, hearts, minds, entire persons under the message you would have us to hear. Understand and apply. Father, we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. We live in a great nation, do we not? But do we live in a grateful nation? Are you a grateful person? Do you have the attitude of gratitude expressly thanksgiving? One of the ways that we celebrate life and one of the ways that we are commanded to live is by being thankful. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus God's will for you to give thanks in all circumstances Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20 Always give thanks to God the Father for everything always Give thanks. I don't wait for a mood. I don't wait for an emotion. I don't wait for a feeling. I enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. One person has said, the hardest arithmetic to master is that which enables us to count our blessings. Name them one by one. There's a Chinese proverb that says, when you drink from the stream, remember the spring. First century statesman and philosopher Seneca once wrote, nothing is more honorable than a grateful heart. Nothing is more honorable than a grateful heart. And so I ask you the question, do you have the attitude of gratitude that accompanies salvation? Are you thankful? Or are you thank empty? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 commands, "Give thanks in all circumstances." So, Pastor, I give thanks because my dog got hit by a car. I give thanks because I was in an automobile accident. I give thanks because I have cancer. No, you don't give thanks for the bad things. You give thanks because we have a God who in the bad things and in all the circumstances promises to be with us. Psalm 46, verse 1, I am an ever-present help in times of trouble. Psalm 23, I am with you even when you drive through the valley of Seattle. (laughs) Matthew, chapter 28, Jesus says, I am with you always. Philippians, chapter 4, verse 5, the Lord is near. Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 5, God the Father says, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I give thanks because God is good. I give thanks because His love endures forever. I give thanks because Lamentations chapter 3, verse 23 says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I give thanks because God the Father has sent us a Savior to die on the cross for our sins. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. November is a month in which we really start to tune our hearts and our minds to giving thanks. And so I want to challenge you as we approach uh, that great holiday of eating and football in a few weeks, that you begin giving thanks to God in your prayer life, thanking Him for the many things that He has done, for the many things who He is, for the many things that He has provided for you throughout today. Let us be thankful. We get this word, thanks, from the Greek word, Eucharistia. Eucharistia, the, the root word eu, e-u, means well, rightly, properly. The word charis, c-h-a-r-i-s, means grace. G-r-a-c-e, God's riches at Christ's expense. Unmerited favor. Eucharistia means Thanksgiving in the Bible. The expression means to give abundant joy and abundant praise for grace and favor given to us, which we don't deserve. Eucharistia is also the Greek word from which we derive the English word Eucharist. The elements of the Lord's table, the bread and the wine, and the bread, and the juice. This is my body. Thank you. Eucharistia. This is my blood. Thank you. Eucharistia means thanks. The Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table, is the consummate Thanksgiving Day Table. Thank You, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank You, Lord, for making me whole. Thank You, Lord, for giving to me Thy great salvation. So rich and free. When we come to the Lord's table, we cry out with a loud voice, Eucharistia! Thanks. Robert Louis Stevenson, who wrote Treasure Island, also wrote this quote The man who has forgotten to be thankful, the man who has forgotten to be thankful has fallen asleep in life. Now, I know, brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers, that life can be challenging, life can be difficult, but I have to ask you the question have we fallen asleep? In this life, we're drinking from the stream, but are we remembering the spring? Are we thankful? In today's Scripture, Jesus teaches the danger of ingratitude. Jesus teaches the danger of ingratitude. The stress of the story is not on the healing, but on the outcome. The stress of the story is not on the healing, but on the outcome. In verse 12, we read that Jesus enters a village and He sees ten lepers. And immediately we read that they kept their distance. You better believe they kept their distance. Do you know what leprosy is in the Bible? Leprosy refers to A variety of skin diseases, some curable, some not. In its worst stage, it is a disease which eats and rots the flesh of its victims, leaving nothing but stumps for legs and stumps for arms. In Leviticus chapter 13, we read that the leper must wear torn clothing. His hair must be unkempt or uncovered. He must cover the lower part of his face. And whenever anyone passes by, he must cry out, Unclean! Unclean! He must live alone outside the city. The effects, therefore, were not only physical. The effects were emotional and psychological and relational. The disease was defiling People were ashamed of it, though no fault of their own. To the Jews, leprosy was a sign of moral uncleanness. It was a sign of God's judgment. So lepers were cut off from the fellowship and the assembly of the people of God. Of all the diseases one could have, this one was the worst. The pain of the flesh, the blood, the blisters, the boils... The looks, the stares, the humiliation, the rejection, the isolation, the loneliness. And in verse 14, Jesus tells these ten lepers, Go, show yourselves to the priest. The act of healed lepers. Jesus doesn't heal them immediately. He tells them to take a step of faith as if they were healed or going To be healed, and sometimes Jesus does that with us. He asks us to take a step of faith. And so the ten lepers went, and as they went, verse fourteen, they were cleansed. But what is remarkable is that only one returned. And in verses fifteen and sixteen, we see that one man, before even going to the priest, returned to Jesus, praising God in a loud voice. A loud voice. Not a quiet one, but a loud voice. This healed leper wanted everyone around to hear how good God is. And he wasn't going to let anyone, including the government, silence him. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet. And he thanked Him. Eucharistia, the word here for thanked, in verse 16, is Eucharistia. He gave abundant joy and abundant praise for grace and favor, which he didn't deserve. Luke also tells us that this healed leper was a Samaritan. Now, we know that Samaritans and Jews from our Sunday school class don't associate with each other, do they? Of all of those healed, you would expect this Samaritan healed leper to be the last one to return to thank a Jew. But apparently, he was the first and the last. There's a truthful statement that says if people do not give thanks quickly, they usually will not do so at all. Perhaps the other nine... Took God's blessings for granted. They were Jews. God was supposed to take care of them. We're family. Perhaps we do the same. I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to be blessed. God knows I'm thankful. I don't have to tell him I'm thankful. Notice verse 17. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Here we learn that Christ values gratitude, and He misses it when it's not expressed. Christ values gratitude, and He misses it when it's not expressed. How many blessings, brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers, has God given to us throughout the week, and yet we fail to give Him thanks? As I said, perhaps we reckon, well, I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to be blessed. Or God knows that I'm thankful. I don't need to express it. And we become like those Jewish healed lepers. Spoiled children. Swimming in an ocean of God's blessings. Jesus notices fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters. Jesus notices when we give thanks. And He misses it when it's not expressed. When you drink from the stream, remember the spring. So the Samaritan shows up the Jews in that he gives praise to God. In the Greek, literally, doxa. Verse 15. One of them, when he was healed came back praising, praising God in a loud voice. Verse 18, Jesus asked, has no one returned to give praise? To give praise to God except this foreigner. The word here for praise in verses 15 and 18 is doxa. It literally means glory. It's the word which we uh, derive the English word doxology from. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Doxa means glory. And it's quite significant that the only one to return to give praise and glory and thanksgiving is this Healed Samaritan leper. The Samaritan returns to glorify God. What is the chief end of man but to glorify God and enjoy Him forever? What does 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 say? Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. We need to be... Thanking the Lord, and we need to be praising the Lord, and we need to be glorifying the Lord. And in verse 19, we read Jesus' words Rise and go, your faith has made you well, or your faith has saved you. Herein lies the reward of a thankful heart. Whereas once the Samaritan leper was excluded from God's community, not only because of disease, but also because of class. Now he has salvation and has become a child of God. And that salvation is available to you. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? There's nothing more important in all of your life than to bow your knee before the cross and confess your sin and lift up your eyes to that cross, to the Savior, and invite Him into your heart as your Lord, as your King, as your Savior, as your Redeemer. Do you have eternal life? Have you come to the fountain which never runs dry? Wash me, Savior, lest I die just as, as I am. Without one plea. But that Thy blood, but that Thy blood was shed for me. You can't get to heaven on your own. You need a Savior. We need a Savior. Don't wait until you were in college, like I was, to invite Jesus Christ into your life. And if you've never made that most important decision, I pray, please, give me a call. 3 p.m. 3 a.m. Nothing's more important than inviting Jesus Christ into your life to be your King, to be your Lord, to be your Savior, to be your Redeemer. Before you have a thankful heart, you must have a born-again heart. A few lessons that we learn. First, faith in Christ Faith in Christ is the only membership into God's kingdom. The Samaritan had the attitude of gratitude that accompanies salvation. The Jewish healed lepers had pride. Had pride as if being members of God's family, they were receiving only what was their due. The Samaritan was humble. He prostrated himself before Jesus' feet. The Jewish healed lepers were proud, not even showing up. The Samaritan healed leper went away with salvation. The Jewish healed lepers went away only with their health. And so here we learn that we can receive God's blessings and his gifts in vain. One commentary has said ingratitude, ingratitude does not deny us God's mercies, ingratitude denies us him. Jesus doesn't punish the healed Jewish lepers for their ingratitude. He just leaves them with His gifts and themselves. It is better, brothers and sisters, to have little and have God than to have much and have not God. God dwells in the midst of thanksgiving. What type of person are you? Are you thankful... Or are you thank empty? Do you have the attitude of gratitude? Are you like the Samaritan healed leper, or are you like the Jewish healed lepers? Are you quick to give thanks, Eucharistia, and praise, Doxa, to God and others, or have you fallen asleep in this life? First Thessalonians 5:18. Give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 5.20 Always give thanks. Always give thanks. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything. Have the attitude of gratitude. Give praise with a grateful heart. Be thankful. Be a person of thanksgiving. Be a person of Eucharistia. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank You for the reminder that we need to be a thankful people. We thank You, Lord. We thank You for being our Lord. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for giving us a Savior. And as we come to the table now, tune our hearts and minds to that table and to that cross and to the Savior. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who will apply understanding unto the message taught and preached by you. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.